How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. Hopefully you guys are having a great holiday season and, you know, staying safe and healthy out there. I know uh, if you just watched our previous video on Jason Dominguez, now you might be over here. And I have a little question for you guys. would really appreciate subscribing to the channel. If you would like this episode, if you enjoy FSY, we're trying to get to 10K before the new year. We're right there. We're so freaking close. And we want you to be a part of our community. So much great content, free stuff. You know, we're going to be here all season long, getting you guys all the proper information, breaking things down. Player breakdowns, updates, news, all of it. So we got you guys covered on multiple fronts. Obviously, um, Ryan with the prospect reports as well. You're not going to want to miss those. Those are, you know, next to none. No, no, nobody's beating those. Uh, so appreciate that love and support. If you do like the channel, appreciate a subscription as always. So today we're talking about Shane Bieber, a mock trade. So Shane Bieber is one of the more, I guess, realistic trade targets for us because I don't think we're trying to, you know, send the farm, even more of our farm for Corbin Burns or Dylan Cease. I don't think that those two guys are really realistic for us at this point in time. So Ryan conjured up a mock trade for Shane Bieber, a player who obviously 3-8 ERA last year, a little bit of a down year has been you know, on the decline a bit the last couple seasons, but reuniting with Matt Blake could see him, you know, reverse the trend. We're going to talk about him, you know, what we think he could do for us. Obviously, a, a much cheaper option than, than spending a ton of money on a Jordan Montgomery or a Blake, a Blake Snell, which they could do in addition to this, actually. Uh, but, Ryan, before we dive into a mock trade, what you think would be realistic for him, how you do today, my friend? I'm doing great. As you mentioned, you know, look, we're trying to get to 10K, obviously, but guys, we're going to be cupping out as much content as we can for you guys. So, you know, again, we really appreciate you guys tapped in and subscribed. But getting back to Shane Bieber here, look, the Yankees need starting pitching. They need starting pitching. Like, there is... Not that there's nothing else they could use. Maybe they could use an upgrade at third. Not necessarily sure that, that exists in the market at a reasonable price. I think Matt Chapman's like interesting, but you're not really paying a hundred plus million dollars for Matt Chapman. I'll go pay that for like Jordan Montgomery, maybe. Right? But like, you know, back to Shane Bieber here a little bit. You need starting pitching. And as you mentioned, like Corbin Burns is gonna cost a lot, right? Like the Yankees are gonna have to trade, you know, a guy like not even Everson Prayer, Oswald Praz. We're talking, you no, know, Spencer Jones. We're talking, you know, a Chase Hampton, right? And are the Yankees in position to make that type of trade right now? After the Juan Soto deal, where they already traded a guy who was considered kind of the 1A or 1B to Chase Hampton in terms of pitching prospects in the organization, I'm just going to say the Yankees aren't going to, not that they're not going to explore things, they're definitely going to monitor and do due diligence, but are they going to go out and, you know, make that top, that balls to the offer, um, the balls to the wall offer for uh, Shane, uh, excuse me, Corbin Burns? Absolutely not. And then for Dylan Cease, I mean... I, again, I, I don't want to seem like a hater here. He's not an ace. I see five innings on average to start, not an ace. That's a good pitcher, not an ace, right? We need aces, right? Or if we're going to go out and pay ace prices, I want an ace, right? I'll pay an ace price for Corbin Burns. Not, not, that's not the question whether he's you know good for the Yankees or not. It's just that we don't know if the Yankees are going to be willing to pay that price. But looking at Shane Bieber here, we're talking about a pitcher who, you know, he had a down year in 2023, right? Like he was a 3-8 ERA guy. We're more accustomed to seeing a low three, sub three ERA. The strikeouts came down a little bit. The breaking ball usage went down. He also had some right elbow inflammation. And I haven't really been able to get a clear answer as to why he threw fewer breaking balls. So I'm going to just throw it out there. Maybe the elbow inflammation had something to do with it. Who knows, right? Maybe his comfort with throwing his breaking balls just wasn't there. Uh, but, you know, one thing I will say is that his curveball usage did increase down the stretch and that resulted in more strikeouts. ERA did go up, but, you know, it's like the quality of contact got worse. It was just a matter of maybe some dumb luck, whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, right now he's working at driveline, right? And, and I'm not saying that driveline guarantees that you're going to be good at baseball, but driveline does guarantee a couple of things. Number one, that he's looking at his own biomechanical data. They're overviewing everything when it comes to his mechanics. If there were any UCL issues or any shoulder issues, 
that existed before the start of the season, I'm sure that driveline could be able to identify them. And if they were identified, I think that teams would be aware, right? Um, and then secondly, it, it is the place where you would imagine pitchers develop velocity, right? And Bieber lost a couple of ticks on his fastball from 2020 to 2022. He still remained awfully effective in 2022, but perhaps getting a little bit more velocity kind of increases his floor and his ceiling a little bit. Even if he goes from just 91 to 92 to 92, 93, that's a pretty decent lift in and of itself because that increases the velocity in his breaking pitches, which are already really good. Maybe it sharpens his cutter. And then of course, the big thing here the Matt Blake and Shane Bieber connection now I think oftentimes people overplay the connection between coach and player you oftentimes see this in like the NFL where it's like oh this receiver this quarterback he'll do great under this system right and it turns out they don't do great because they're just you know an older player or they're not as talented as they used to be but I think the difference here is that Shane Bieber's stuff plus numbers from 2022 to 2023 actually got better he saw a plus two uh tick in stuff plus his breaking balls got a lot sharper that was the interesting thing to me right like I expected to see that Shane Bieber's stuff got worse and for me to say this is a red flag I'm good on this um but it really just seemed to be a matter of not using his breaking balls enough Matt Blake was credited by Shane Bieber with you know utilizing and emphasizing the curveball more maybe that's something they get back to in New York um and end of the day you're not paying a crazy price right like I floated this out and, and I'm gonna have this article probably come out over the next few days uh and it's one about a potential mock trade for Shane Bieber Everson Pereira for Shane Bieber just makes sense right like we just talked about this with Jason Dominguez, right? We're like, hey, is he going to play center or left? And where will, like, do the Yankees have a spot for him right now? Are the Yankees going to have a spot for Spencer Jones, right? You know, Trent Grisham's actually here for two years, not just one. So that's another question here. How many play appearances is Everson Pereira going to get for the New York Yankees in 2024? Because if it's like, you know, 50, that's not going to cut it. We just saw what happened to Oswald Peraza. His value has never been lower, right? You know, and I hate to use, you know, just view players as value, right? But right now we're viewing Everson Pereira as a trade chip. And if we're looking at him as a trade chip, it's like he's going to boost his stock on the Yankees. It's like he's going to get, you know, an opportunity to win left field for the Yankees. The outfield's set. The fourth outfield spot is set. That belongs to Trent Grisham. As well, the Cabrera can play the corner outfield as well. He'll likely stay on the roster, at least opening the season more, more likely than Everson Pereira, well, barring an injury. So, you know, looking for Everson Pereira, looking for the Yankees, Everson Pereira's value might just decrease after this year. If you trade him now and you get Shane Bieber and you get a good year from Shane Bieber, it doesn't really matter how good Everson Pereira becomes with the Cleveland Guardians because you're saying basically, hey, between Jones, Dominguez, and Pereira, we believe that Pereira is the most expendable. We believe that Jones and Dominguez are our two best outfielders and we're fine with whatever Pereira comes elsewhere because we think these two players will be better. And then also, if Shane Bieber is like a three and a half war pitcher for you and he stabilizes the middle of your rotation... You don't have to make a multi-year commitment, even though I would like to sign Jordan Montgomery, right? If his price is at a certain point, it is still a six-year commitment, right? Like that is still six years of more money you're giving to a pitcher on top of Rodon, on top of Cole, and six years from now, you're going to have an old pitching staff with six guys making a lot of money. That's not ideal, right? So, you know, looking at what Shane Bieber allows you to do, he allows you to stay more financially flexible. He has the upside of being even better than Jordan Montgomery, arguably, and you don't have to trade much for him. We're talking about a player who's expendable anyway. So, Alex, Everson Pro for Shane Bieber. Is that a yes for you? Is that a no for you? And, and kind of give me your take on what you think Shane Bieber could be going forward. That's an easy yes for me. I mean, for obvious reasons, Shane Bieber, um, we could use him. He's 28 years old. This guy could bounce back and be decent next year. Um, I'm willing to take that gamble, mainly for the reasons you explained, that Everson Pereira is now kind of facing a pretty significant roadblock to getting regular time in the outfield. Um, he's expendable at this point in time, mainly because you mentioned Spencer Jones, Jason Dominguez, um, Trent Grisham. Obviously, you know, now you have uh, Alex Verdugo and Soto and Judge, and you still have Stanton under contract. We can play innings and defensively if you need him to. So it's like, you know, 
I don't know how Pereira cracks this roster. Ultimately, I don't know how he um, gets involved here. We obviously picked up what Oscar Gonzalez. We have you know Esteban Floreal still on the forty man roster. We still have some guys here that are competing for for spots. And you know, at the end of the day, with that being said, it's it's going to be really tough for Pereira to have an actual impact on this team. You mentioned Oswaldo Cabrera as well as an alternative um, to play a corner outfield spot is a worst case scenario. You know. What do you do here if, if you're if you're the Yankees um, in terms of utilizing his value now? This gives me major vibes of like Pereira sitting in AAA and collecting dust for a major for a long period of time because we don't have the we don't have the roster spot for him. Um, so you know, alternatively, you leverage that value now. You you go to the Guardians and say, hey, like we'll take on Shane Bieber in his final year of arbitration. You're not going to sign him to an extension, um, and I think that they get to cash in on a, on a really decent outfielder with some good upside that could be a good defensive player and a solid offensive piece as well. Uh, Shane Bieber has a projected arbitration salary in his final year of arbitration of twelve point two million dollars. Um, you know, so this is via spot rack. So you know, that's not a bad price if the Yankees want to go out and sign. I mean, let's let's say for example they went with a two starters and a bullpen piece. You go after you go get Shane Bieber at twelve point two million dollars. You bring back Montas. I know a lot of people are freaking out about Montas, guys. We're not getting Montas to be a peak like a really great piece in this in this rotation. We're getting him as depth. You know, we're getting him as he's a five six guy, and maybe he ends up being much better than that. He bounces back. That's what you're hoping for. He's just another arm. He's not the the bulk of this uh, equation. Um, he's an addition to it. So. You know, you end up you end up having Cole, um, Rodon hopefully bounces back, Nestor Cortez, Clark Schmidt, Shane Bieber, and Montas. I think that's a fine rotation to work with until the trade deadline. Then you can, you know, maybe think about acquiring somebody else if your team looks really good and you feel really good about your chances. Um, obviously, you could go in the direction of, you know, signing Jordan Montgomery and trading for Shane Bieber and then ignoring Montas. Take that $10 million, $12 million, and apply it towards Montgomery's contract. Like, that's the alternative uh, method that the Yankees certainly could do. Um, that's something that we'll be, obviously, monitoring over the next couple weeks. Um, alternatively, you could do like a three-for-one thing. You could do Shane Bieber, you could do Montas, and like a Jordan Hicks to bolster the bullpen. Now you have a supercharged bullpen. You bring in a couple of good starting pitchers who can help with with upside. As you mentioned, um, his connection with Matt Blake certainly stands out. So, you know, Shane Bieber is obviously not Corbin Burns. He's not Dylan Cease. But he's a former Cy Young award-winning arm that pitched 200 innings no more than one year ago. So, you know, you look at him in in, in context, a 3-8 ERA doesn't look great. But guys, like, keep in mind what we had last year. You know, we had Luis Severino with, like, a 6 ERA. We had Rodon with a 6 ERA. We had Nestor Cortez who barely played. This guy pitched 128 innings at a 3-8 ERA. I'll take it. You know what I mean? I'll take that. Think about it in context of what we've had. If he ends up with a 3-5 ERA and pitches 150 innings, I'm over the moon with that because he's going to cost you next to nothing. Guys, he's going to cost – I mean, look, realistic, he's going to cost you Everson Pereira and and in the contract you'd be giving to Frankie Montas, right, about $12 million. So he's really just costing you Everson Pereira. Now, we don't know if the Guardians will do this. You know, obviously this is just a, um, you know, a, a mock trade for a reason. But they're not going to extend him. They're kind of not very good. And Shane Bieber, obviously coming off a downward trending year, they should maximize his value now while they still have some. Um, because obviously, if they trade him at the deadline, they're going to get far less. So you know, I I think it makes sense for both sides. I like the idea of getting Shane Bieber. I think that the upside is there. I think you take a gamble on a player at that price point. And Pereira is blocked, man. Jason Dominguez, Spencer Jones, when they get up to the majors. There's no C in the field for Everson Pereira. He's going to be a depth piece, and you have Grisham now. And the hope is you extend uh, Soto long-term, and you have Judge long-term. You still have Stanton there until 2028. 
Pereira is never going to sniff the field. You leverage that value now while he's 22 years old, full. He has all of his service time for the most part um, and has multiple minor league options. The guy couldn't have more value if you tried right now. So I feel like, yes, he struggled a bit at the MLB level, but getting him in that experience is essential. I think you have to maximize on it right now, capitalize on that. Uh, I think it's it's really just a good move. So I do agree with that mock trade. Um, now, you know, what would your preference be in terms of if you go get Shane Bieber, are you, are you thinking like that – kind of t- rules them out of the Montgomery situation or do you think that it kind of puts them more towards the Montas um but like Fr- Shane Bieber and a Montgomery combination I think I'd be more than fine with that for the starting rotation two proven commodities um you know of course Yamamoto is is unproven in the MLB right now I think he'll be fantastic as you do as well but Shane Bieber and, Mon- and Montgomery that's that's those are moves you make towards winning a championship next year in my opinion you know what are your thoughts about that I mean, look, if you end up with Shane Bieber and Jordan Montgomery as your offseason, uh, man, I mean, your rotation's good, right? Like, you have uh, Cole, Rodon, uh, you know, you go Montgomery, Bieber, Cortez. That's really good. Now, there is some risk there, right? But your risk is surrounded by stability, right? And this is kind of the appeal for Jordan Montgomery, right? You're surrounding risk with stability. Your stable guys are Cole and Montgomery. Your risks are like Rodon and Cortez, and Bieber's kind of like coin toss. I don't know if you'd necessarily call him a massive risk the way that, you know, you'd call Cortez or Rodon a risk because they have much more extensive injury histories, or in Cortez's case, he's just a little less proven, right? Like, Look, Shane Bieber, I get it, coming off a of not a great year, but we're talking about a pitcher who from 2019 to 2022 was like the third best starting pitcher in baseball, right? Like, he was really damn good. Uh, in Jordan Montgomery's case, you know, this guy's coming off of a season where he's a four-war player, uh, you know, was a you know World Series, you know, big part of a World Series run, tossed the second most innings in baseball. He's a stable, like, Montgomery's never going to be much better than what he was last year. I don't know if he even repeats last year, but he'll never be much worse than, like, a three starter, right? He's always just going to be solid, right? And if you get like an 88 ERA minus, you know, you get somewhat, you get good run prevention, a lot of innings, and you put that with Garrett Cole, who's going to give you great run prevention and a ton of innings. You just kind of hope whatever you get from Rodon and Cortez is good enough, right? And at least, I feel like at least one of those two guys are going to bounce back. I, I feel very confident in saying that their stuff is still good, you know, that they have the upside, everything's still there. It's just a matter of staying healthy. And then in Bieber's case, you know, if he is, if, if he somehow unlocks what he was in 2022, which it's not unlocks, it just, if he's just not hurt, right? Like if he's, it's kind of like if he just doesn't, you know, throw more fastballs than he should, which I, again, I still have no idea why I did that. Um, but if he just makes better pitch se- sequencing, right? Well, that's not necessarily a talent thing. That's just a, hey, can you just call more breaking balls if you're Jose Trevino, right? Um, you know, that type of pitcher is going to be, again, that's like an ace on a lot of staffs. Like that guy shut us down the postseason, right? Like I know that he got bombed in 2020 and, you know, I'm not going to lie, like as somebody who is a, st- like a, a stout Garrett Cole defender, I definitely took pleasure in seeing Shane Bieber get smoked in that playoff game. Um, but, you know, he is a really good pitcher. Like I, I still believe he is a quality arm in this league. And if they all just kind of ran back what they were last year, even if Rodon and Cortez are busts or, or duds and you, you know, you get this outcomes, what you got from Montgomery last year and what, you know, the guardians got from Bieber last year, that's still a great one, two, three. So you just need somewhat of stability. Now, you know, more realistic, I think it's going to be, if they trade for Bieber, they'll go out and get Montas. And even then that kind of does the job. And so does getting Montgomery here. Like if you get two starters, this is also, this is just the outcome of getting two starters. Schmidt goes to your bullpen. He's your sixth starter. He aids your bullpen. He makes your bullpen a lot better. He makes him a lot deeper. He makes your rotation a lot deeper. You have Will Warren there. Will Warren has excellent stuff. Can be a starter or reliever for you. Kind of depends on what the Yankees need, right? It just gives the Yankees, like, more options. It gives them more depth, right? And that's the advantage that a rich team should have over not as rich teams. It's the ability to just kind of stack as many major league caliber players as possible, right? You know, it's the ability to say, ah, screw it, we need two starters. Here's Bieber and Montas, right? Like, that's $24 million, let's say, in salary that you're adding. I don't think the Rays could do that, right? Like, the Rays probably can't do that. 
that's that like that's an advantage you have over them, right? And if the report's true that like Montgomery's out of the Red Sox price point, his market might fall. Like the Mets, are they going to be involved in Montgomery? Apparently, they're not going to be interested in any other big-time starters. It was Yamamoto or Bust for them in terms of big-time pitching. Um, the Dodgers are probably, like, I'm going to just assume they're not interested. Um, the Giants, like, I haven't heard anything with Giants and Montgomery. You haven't heard anything with, like, you know, the Angels in Montgomery. So, like, once you start looking through the list of teams that are going to be in on Montgomery, it's, like, it's a very small list. It's not an AL Central team. It's not an NL, maybe the Cubs, but I haven't heard the Cubs really linked to Montgomery. Um, you know, I mean, is it going to be... Like, who is it going to be? Like, maybe the Rangers, but the Rangers, they just lost their TV deal, and they look like they're not going to spend that much money. Um, Like, the Yankees could end up being in a situation where, like, Montgomery falls into their laps. Let's say you get him for, like, $130 million for six years. That's really not going to kill you. That's $21 million a year towards luxury tax. That's kind of a, you know, all things considered, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, And I know he's a Boris client, and people are going to be like, he's going to find the money somewhere. Where? Right? Like, I... Rodon was supposed to sign for like $200 million before he signed for 160 with us, right? You know, like I, I don't buy into this idea that the Yankees are going to have to like mortgage the, the future financially to, to get Montgomery. Maybe they do, but it's looking like they won't have to. Um, and, and then again, like if, 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 the, if it's too expensive for them, you can always just go to Montas and that's fine. Like you just have six major league starters on your roster. You just hope that four of them pan out or three of them pan out and then you replenish the rest of them with maybe a Chase Hampton midseason or Will Warren midseason. You make a trade acquisition or whatever it may be. Um, I do actually like the idea of signing another reliever, but I will throw this out there. If Yankees don't want to spend a ton on a reliever, I would bring back Keenan Middleton. I liked a lot of what I saw from him last year. Really good fastball, really good slider, really good changeup. This is not as analytical of a take here, but he also, like, he showed a lot of emotion on the mound, and I messed with that. And, you know, he, like, when when he was talking about his time with the White Sox and, like, how excited he was to join the Yankees, look, whenever I hear a player rave about how great the New York Yankees are as an organization, I'm going to be a little biased, right? Like, he seems like a sick dude. He seems like a cool guy. Like, I, I bring him back. Also, his stuff is good, and, of course, he's not going to cost much. If you bring him back for, like, two years or one year, $5 million, that's a cheap deal. You slide him into that bullpen. Alex, that bullpen very much, very quickly goes from pretty good to like how many bullpens are better than this bullpen. You're also getting Efros back. You might add Warren there. You have Holmes, Eliza, Canley. You have everything you have. Gonzalez is there. You have all the arms you need. You just need to kind of, I think, I'm not saying I wouldn't go out and get Jordan Hicks. I just don't think they need to, right? Now, if they do, I'm not going to be upset at it, but I think you might go to a cheaper route there. So overall, like to kind of summarize my point, if you go to Bieber, you can still go to Montgomery, but I would imagine they go to Montas. And then if they go to the bullpen, they can go more expensive, like Hicks, Stevenson, definitely not Hater. I don't think that's happening. Um, or they can go cheaper. They might go with a Kenyon Middleton or maybe find a guy on the market. Or maybe find another swingman, like Sean Maniah could be another swingman for them. Who knows? I don't know. But um, they certainly can get creative here, and they certainly can get a lot better, even though they miss on Yamamoto, which still sucks. Yeah, I mean, look, we'll, we'll see what happens um, in terms of adding more arms. I think Shane Bieber makes a lot of sense. He's going to be cheaper. Look, truth is, if it doesn't pan out, Ryan, and we lose Everson Pereira, I don't think we're going to bat an eye, mainly because Everson Pereira is like, has a really, really, he's going to have a hard time getting on this team and, and cracking this roster and making an impact. We're giving somebody up that really is just probably going to end up traded in a different package anyway. And we're taking a gamble on a pitcher who won a Cy Young Award three years ago. A guy who pitched 200 innings, uh, was one year removed from that. You know, I- I'm willing to take that gamble on a player of that magnitude. Of course, there are concerns. I'm not going to sit here and tell you there aren't concerns with Shane Bieber because there absolutely are with the injuries and whatnot. Um, but we need pitching. And I just, you know, it's Montgomery or nothing in the free agent market. We're not going after Blake Snell. You're going to have to overpay for Montgomery. And we disrespected the crap out of him when we traded him in the first place. So... They may be asking for a little bit more for the tax of that. You know, who knows? So 
I certainly am um, interested to see how the Yankees go about this. But one thing is for sure, we're going to be adding pitching. It could be someone we don't even think about because we've seen them do some surprising things in the past. Uh, but Bieber definitely aligns with uh, kind of what they like and, and, and certainly aligns with Matt Blake and, and uh, the success they've had in the past together. So always happy to hear your thoughts below in the YouTube comment section, my friends. Make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, appreciate you guys very much. Have a great holiday season. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.